Welcome to the CR Checkup Podcast. My name is John. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ that struggles with drugs, alcohol, pride, and control. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the CR Checkup Podcast. So excited to have each and every one of you here with us today. I hope that I got a chance to see you either on Monday night in Goodyear or on Wednesday night in Buckeye. But regardless of whether or not you come to our meeting, you simply missed, or you live in a different state or a different country, hey, we absolutely love you. We're so excited to have you here, and we hope that you can join in on the conversation that we started in person, in this case, on Monday night. We had a a great opportunity to have a couple out and share their testimony, and we've got them here with us here today. Uh, Guys, would you go ahead and please introduce yourselves? Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, My name is Aubrey. I'm a grateful believer in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have found some recovery in drug and sex addiction, and I struggle with codependency and fear of abandonment. Hey, Aubrey. Hey, Aubrey. (laughs) And my name is Jeff. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I came through the doors of Celebrate Recovery for drug and alcohol addiction. Hey, Jeff. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time and being on the podcast here with us today. Hey, it's our pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed uh, having you guys out. We don't get a ton of couples testimonies. I'm sure you guys have experienced this too in in, in uh, your guys' group. Um, I would just love to hear, just before we even get into it, what's that like? What's it like kind of constructing a couple's testimony and, and even just kind of what's it feel like getting up there and, and just sharing um, before we even get into kind of what, what your story is? Well, it was for sure a process. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we we had to come a long way individually in our own recoveries before we were able to um, even look at putting together God's story for us as a couple through recovery. Um, I know for I think I can speak for both of us that God really laid it on our heart to really um, work on this to give hope to couples mm-hmm. who come in um, and also just hope to, to anyone who comes in, who has relationships with people, right. And they're in recovery. Um, and so it was definitely, it, it evolved, right. Um, as God continues to work on us, as he continues to reveal things to us in our recovery and our path and our own behaviors. So, um, we've just been blessed to be able to walk through that. It helps us in our own recovery to write that out and work that out. And I know for me, gosh, I'm overwhelmed with God's power and grace Mm -hmm. every time I read through that and just knowing, knowing what he's done. Yeah. I thought it was, uh, just the way that it came together was she would write, some, then I would read what she wrote and then I would tag onto that and she would mm-hmm. tag onto mine and we went back and forth like that, trying not to cover the same ground unless it was pertinent for both sides of the story. Yeah. Um, but every time we've done it, I mean, I think this applies too to our solo testimonies. I don't think we've ever given the same testimony <laughs> twice. Right. It always yeah. evolves. We find things that just don't feel right coming out of our mouths sometimes, so we'll make changes add things, take things out. So it's every time we do it, it's always a different experience. 
Yeah, that's so good. And I love that you had brought that up. I mean, the thing about sharing testimonies is like, yeah, you've got to just do it to figure out what it sounds like. I mean, even standing alone in the mirror, it still just doesn't come with that same effect as it is. He's standing up in front of people, um, kind of seeing their engagement and see what engages with people and what doesn't. And, you know, I, I know first uh, when I first started sharing my testimony, it, to me, a lot of those dates are really important to me, right? The timelines and the dates and all of the numbers and then getting and sharing with people and I'm saying all these numbers and it's like, I'm seeing, you know, that's when the yawns come out. I'm like, okay, (laughs) (laughs) nobody really cares about my age and the day and the time and, you know, all of these different things. And so, yeah, I think you guys bring up a, a great point in anybody who's just either maybe starting out or, you know, has shared their testimony, it's okay to go back and refine it and to find out what what needs to be shared and what doesn't. Because obviously, no matter how many times you guys do it, you're never going to, or I'll say, we can never share the entire story, right? We're we're only ever sharing parts of it. And so... But I really loved your guys' uh, story, and uh, just so many people engaged with it on so many different levels. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it a little bit more. But just for those who um, didn't get a chance to hear your your testimony, um, would you guys just share a little bit, kind of what it was like, kind of you know, in in your guys' the depths of the addictions, the hurts, habits, and hangups, um, what it was like coming into the program, and and kind of where you guys are at, just just briefly. Yeah. Um, well, I, I grew up with, uh, childhood sexual abuse and different forms of abuse in my childhood and, uh, met Jeff pretty young and, um, sort of, he was my foundational relationship and he was well into drug addiction when we met and I was dabbling in drug addiction. So <laughs> put that together and it was, um, <laughs> yeah. like gasoline and a match. So, right. um, we really just uh, perpetuated and fueled each other's addictions in our relationship um, and lived in a lot of chaos and a lot of pain. And, you know, we not unfortunately, but we brought two children into that and, Mm. um, you know, we're just not well equipped at that time. And by God's grace, he brought me into his church first and then, um, brought Jeff along, just the Holy Spirit nudging him, and brought us into recovery by the Holy Spirit really nudging on Jeff's heart. And mm-hmm. I followed along because, like any good codependent, you go <laughs> in to fix your partner. So um, that's what brought me in the doors. And I'll tell you, it was a it was um, a real gut check for me when I got into recovery, and God really just worked on me showing me how much I needed to work on myself separately, just with God and not with Jeff. So that was life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd love to hear from you too, Jeff. But uh, Aubrey, I just want to say, I mean, I don't think that when we're having conversations about this that we could ever say enough. You know, I'm I'm sorry for the abuse that you had gone through. And, and certainly all the ladies out there who have, have experienced things like this. And I think as, as men, we can certainly kind of come alongside of, of the gals in the program and, and make sure that you feel comforted and, and uh, known that, you know, we can 
speak hopefully on behalf of, of uh, a lot of the other males out here and saying, hey, we, we feel you and we're, we're sorry for that, what you had to go through. Um, and we're just so grateful that you, you're willing to share these things to give other people hope, you know, on the other side of, of some of those experiences. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. When I hear, when I hear a, a woman's testimony that's like hers, there's always that guy you know, in that mix. And I always relate to that guy because that was that guy, right? you know, in the big scheme of all of that. But I came from um, being sexually abused uh, by two boys in my neighborhood for a year as a nine-year-old, up to 10-year-old. I had an alcoholic father, a very overbearing mom, very strict. tried to protect me from everything. And at the end of the day, ultimately she didn't. Um, But her strictness caused me to rebel. So I got into drugs and alcohol at a very early age, about the age of 12. Um, Things started to get into full swing. And I'd say by the time I was 17, I was a full-blown addict. Um, And I dabbled in everything. I mean, if I could get my hands on it and I knew that it would get me loaded, then that was where I was and that was where my focus was. Um, Went through a lot of relationships used and manipulated a lot of women um, over the years. Um, Was married when I met Aubrey, uh, left that marriage for her and just continued drinking and drugging and, um, you know, infidelity and just, just a mess just a complete mess and um, seeing her seeking God and um, just what changes were coming out of her in the midst of that, it got my attention and I couldn't deny that there was something good happening there with that. So, you know, there was a, there was a series of events that happened um, with some of the people at that church that influenced my decision to start to go um, and be a part of that. And in that, you know, I was still using, so Mm. I, I was believing, but God was always at arm's length for me because, you know, my God was drugs and alcohol. So it's very difficult to, to have a really good relationship with God, um, when he's not the focus, he was definitely not at the center of our marriage really at the center of anything. Um, but, you know, it's kind of that fake it till you make it thing. I kept going to church and kept being involved and God knew what he was doing in the big scheme of all of that and kept me involved doing, you know, doing stuff with the church and getting involved in production. And um, he knew, he knew what I needed and he was patient. And, yeah. you know, that was, that was what I needed was that patient enough to, to finally come to terms with the fact that I was an alcoholic and I was a drug addict and that I needed to do something about it because my life was just falling apart. My marriage was falling apart. Um, and, you know, that's how we ended up walking through the doors of Celebrate Recovery for the first time. Yeah. And praise God for that. I'm so grateful that you guys did. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, and, you know, first and foremost, a lot of things here, but Jeff as well. Hey, man, I'm, I'm so sorry for that, that abuse that you went through too, man. And, 
And uh, this was actually something that I was going to ask Aubrey about, you know, and I experienced some spiritual and uh, emotional abuse as well. And so I, I'm always comforted when, you know, folks who obviously had no, you know, association with the abuse that had gone through me, go out of their way and, and, uh, you know, comfort me in that and and apologize on, on sometimes on behalf of those people, because, you know, for me anyways, I don't expect for those perpetrators to ever apologize. Right. And so anytime somebody goes out of their way and does that for me, I know that it it means a lot to me. And so, yeah, I just wanted to say that for, for you guys too. And it's something that we're constantly working through. Right. And, um, that brings me to that question or that I wanted to talk to you, ask you, and I'm sure Jeff, you probably similar in this. Um, you, Aubrey had shared, um, that it took you a while to be okay, find a space in, in you to be able to deal with that, uh, some abuse that you had gone through and to be able to feel, you know, not responsible for that. And I think that that is so absolutely key. It's something that I still struggle with, you know, to be mm-hmm. completely honest. And so I would love if you could just share a little bit about what that process is. We don't have to get, get you know, into the details of anything, but, you know, what is that process for those who are listening? What What is, how do we do that? How do we kind of come to terms and be able to say, you know, obviously, hey, this was not my fault. I have no part in this, you know, what is that process like or what was it for you? Yeah, so um, part of that really is is a denial, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, because of the guilt and shame surrounding my own behavior um, during that time. It took me a really long time to um, not cover what happened to me with that guilt and shame. Um, and so I think for me, it was really a process of, um, you know, I, I look at my sanctification and that's what I think that that is, is a, Mm. is a process of sanctification is, um, accept acceptance. Um, and so when I picture sanctification in my heart and soul, I picture uh, what used to be a dry riverbed with like the flaky little patches <laughs> yeah. and, and God rains down. Right. And mm. he brings life to that. Yeah. And so it's not a crackled surface anymore. Um, it's, it's full of life. And, and, um, and that's how I picture even that process of being able to accept that I was, a victim, no matter what my behavior was surrounding that, that there was nothing I did to cause um, someone to hurt me in that way. Um, And that really was a process of sanctification. And and Mm. practically what that looked like was me talking about that event or my guilt and shame around that event to my sponsor, yeah, um, including it in my inventory and praying about that, uh, talking to my accountability partners about the honest feelings I was having about guilt and shame, um, yeah. and also putting myself in the shoes of if my sponsee came to me and said, mm. this happened to me, but I shouldn't have been there or I shouldn't have dressed this way, or I shouldn't have been that drunk. Um, what would I say to her? 
certainly right. I would never say you're right. You deserve that. I would never. Right. And so I think God calls us right to love our neighbors as ourselves. And, um, and so sometimes I had to separate myself out and go, how am I loving myself? Wow. Like I would my neighbor, like I would yeah. a sister in Christ. And so through all those practical steps, God transformed my heart and really gave me a lot of freedom to be able to separate my guilt and shame from that event and um, have some forgiveness and just release that resentment that I had towards myself. Mm, that's that. so good. Yeah. And I love your analogy so much of the river and that kind of that dried up riverbed kind of being that experience. And, and I love what you said, God bringing that rain over it. Cause I'm like, I'm picturing it as you're talking about it. And I see the trauma and the experience still at the base of that river. And then God just pouring down that living water. And even mm -hmm. though the trauma and the experience is still there, it's that living water flowing over it and making it new. And, and I just yeah. think that that's so beautiful. And I love that you can compare it to that sanctification process of saying like, you know, there's not, there's no real practical way to be able to necessarily deal with these situations, but I know that I can apply these spiritual principles and I don't maybe know exactly which one it is, but I know that somewhere in the process of me taking those spiritual steps, God does what is impossible yeah. for me to do on my own. And that's so wonderful. And, um, and, and I think even you, you this is, this is why it's so good, why I appreciate, you know, the peer to peer groups and having conversations with people, because like you mentioned, too, once I start talking about it, you know, I, I, like I'm, I'm saying, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm holding myself responsible for the situation that happened and I'm justifying it for the person, you know, that did this to me. As soon as I begin to hear it, there's, there's a kind of a layer that's being peeled off because I'm hearing you know, that it's not logical thinking. Right. right. And so right. I love that you had mentioned that too, just being honest and sharing those things sometimes is the biggest step to healing because it's in my head and maybe the justification sounds okay in my head, yeah. but as soon as I share it with another person, I can hopefully begin to hear, Hey, that's not, that's not rational thinking. And you wouldn't place that like you said on anybody else. And so why are you doing that to yourself? And ouch, oh, I, I, yeah. I appreciate that so much. And but it's an ongoing process, right? Sometimes yeah. those feelings come up and, and we have to remind ourselves and go back to the spiritual principles and to be able to work through the, those things because healing is a lifelong process, right? And Absolutely. So oh, thank you so much. I, um, Jeff, you had mentioned something that really just brought me back uh, to early on in my recovery. And I was sharing about it in our group. You were talking about... Um, when you were getting into the program, I know, you know, Aubrey was kind of going to church and she pulled the old Mother's Day <laughs> card on you. <laughs> Just so good. I love that so much. Um, and, you know, you were kind of coming in here. And one of the things that you said uh, that I resonated with is like, uh, to some extent, you were sharing that you were kind of worried about like who you were going to become. Like you were worried about, you know, you were this person and you didn't know who like you were going to be. Can you share maybe that experience with you? And me, I hope I'm not getting it too far off. I know that happens sometimes in my testimony. I'll share something and then somebody will come and talk to me and be like, hey, this thing that you shared, you know, really spoke to me in this way. I'm like, I don't remember saying anything like that. <laughs> but it was, of, it was a lot of fear. Yeah. Um, just because it wasn't 
the, the thought of stepping out of that <clears throat> was not new in my head. Oh, but wow. it was very scary to think about what that looked like going forward because everything I did, I mean, everything I did, I did loaded. Yeah. I drank or I smoked or whatever. I mean, to do anything, to go drive somewhere, to go to a movie, to just go to dinner, whatever it was, it was, you know, I got high before I had to go and do anything. So how was right. I going to live my life just day-to-day stuff without something? Yeah. And that scared me to death. Absolutely. Um, but I had to start somewhere because the way it was going was not working. Right. You know, and it was, what was that? just moving back around into a circle. Right. What was that process like for you? Like, did you introduce like new habits? You know, what, how did you begin to make that change from having this crutch to do everything with, to then not having it like tangibly, did you introduce new things or was it kind of like you just really relied on the meeting or, or you just white knuckled it meetings? Yeah. My, so uh, we, the first three weeks of CR for us, we were still using, um, and then on that fourth visit, we, we, the, the, the day or two before we said, that was it. This is it. We need to actually make a, a conscious effort to do this thing. So we stopped everything, went to CR. So I actually shared openly for the first time, Hey, I'm, I'm sober today. Um, and I had two gentlemen at the end of that meeting, <clears throat> pull me aside and ask me, if this was all I was doing towards my mm. recovery, you just go into this one meeting a week. And I said, yeah, <laughs> and they go, well, I can tell you right now, um, one meeting a week is not enough. Mm. Uh, you need to probably start checking out some AA meetings. So yeah. they pointed me in the right direction to the East Valley inner group, um, nice. that I could look up the meeting list online. I looked it up and I started seeing all the little codes that went along with all the A meetings, <laughs> the O's and the C's and E's uh, and all that. And I had no <laughs> idea what it meant. So I called one of those guys. So I made my first phone call in recovery to one wow. of those two guys. And he's still a brother today after mm. more than six years. Um, and he told me, dude, as long as it's not an all women's meeting, any <laughs> meeting is a good meeting. So awesome. they challenged me to do 90 and 90, you know, 90 you meetings go. in 90 days. So I went to 90 meetings in 90 days, went nice. to a meeting every day. And that's just being able to do that and go and listen to other alcoholics, give me their experience, strength, and hope. That was how I did it. Um, and then it just came down to okay, so now I'm doing this thing. So now I have to have first, you know, mm-hmm. when you get sober, you have first and everything. My, my first concert, mm-hmm. you know, my first going out to dinner and not drinking for dinner. My, you know, there's first after first after first. Right. And it's just a matter of getting through that first and going, you know what? I did that. Yeah. And I can continue to do that. And, you know, and that, that went on my first serve becoming much, much fewer after six years but yeah, I yeah. still have them from time to time. Flying on an airplane was a, a recent one for me and not getting loaded before getting on an airplane. Mm. Um, and I did it, you know? And so I know, I know now that 
I can do this thing. I don't right. need I don't need to be high to do everything that I need. That's so awesome, man. Yeah, I love the 90 and 90. It's something that's, uh, you know, a little bit more foreign to talk about at, at CR and, I, you know, try to <laughs> bring it up and the people that look at me like I'm crazy. I think what's what's nice about, you know, when we talk about those things in AA, because I was actually, I got started in HA before I came over into CR and it's like, it's really nice to be able to have a group of guys who are like, yeah, you got to do the 90 and 90, you know, <laughs> and so... Um, I definitely think that that's uh, you. You hit it right on the head. I mean, having those first, I, you're going to experience almost every emotion that you possibly can in in three months, right? And so, being able to have a meeting, um, you know, and you end up at a meeting for each one of those emotions, then you know that you're going to be able to at least deal with it in a different way, or you have some different type of accountability. And I think that that's such a beautiful kind of way to go about it. And uh, I honestly, it's probably the best way I, I find that a lot of times what I'm, what I'm coming into contact with is like, dude, you gotta at least have something, you know, a hobby or, or, or some kind of new habit that you can put into the place of the thing that you were, you were already doing. And the, uh, the meeting is absolutely best case scenario. It's funny. Um, yeah, majority of people I'm talking to have not done a 90 and 90 probably won't. And, you know, probably haven't even heard of it right until I'm talking to them about it. And so, yeah, um, if you're out there and you're in your first 90, I would definitely encourage go to any meeting. Yeah. If you're a gal, don't go to all stag meeting, <laughs> you know, right. and if you're, you know, <laughs> vice versa, but I, I am a strong proponent for any meeting out there. I just think it's so wonderful. And one of the things early on, uh, with celebrate recovery, as we were getting going, I really love the space that we can go and we can, you know, at our meeting, we yell, Jesus Christ, you know, we're like really excited about our faith and that's really great. But, you know, I need a space to be able to take it and bring other people into that. You know, I, there's not a lot of people who aren't believers that celebrate recovery. And so how am I taking the message to those who don't believe? And so I do think that it's, it's meant to be worked together. And, and I really love that. uh, That's part of your guys' story too. So, yeah, um, sure. We agree with that totally. And I encourage people too, even if they're not um, drug addicts or alcoholics, to still try meetings. I mean, you don't oh, have totally. to go and share at an AA yeah. meeting, but AA meetings are all over the place at all times of day, everywhere you go out here. Yeah. So they are readily available and just go and sit for an hour and listen, you exactly. know, because your struggles and their struggles. The outside parts are the same, but all the underneath stuff is all the same, you know? Exactly. You might be a drinker or you might be a codependent or you might be addicted to this thing or that thing. But at the end of the day, our root causes are the same. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, we've got a meeting hall out here and they've got three meetings a day every day, you know, and it's just it's a good place. And, you know, that's actually part of the foundation of like what we do here is like we never take a night off. We meet on Monday nights, which is the observing day for every holiday in the United States. <laughs> and like the first year that we had that we started here, uh, the Monday fell on Christmas Day. And we were like, you know, are we going to do it? Is anybody going to show up? And it's like, well, yeah, absolutely. You know, I spent my Christmas, you know, a shaking mess at a you know little AA meeting and somebody was there, you know, yeah. and that's what it's all about. And if we don't continue to keep it going for the next person, then, you know, what are we even really doing? And so I, I, I totally agree. It's, it's so cool. I think that we, 
who have experience in other meetings have a little bit different perspective that I think is very valuable and that we could definitely do a better job of sharing with those who haven't had that experience. I, I remember being in, in treatment and my my drug counselors saying, hey, you need to read the big book. And whenever it says alcohol, you know, you just put heroin, you know, or whatever struggle you're currently having. And I've taken that and I've used that with my sponsees now. I don't care what you're struggling with. The big book is foundational. I mean, it is, it's yeah. just got amazing, it's amazing literature, things that, I mean, you sit down and read it and you're just like, there, this is God inspired, man. Like this yeah. is really good stuff. And so, yeah. um, I love that. And I, you know, I knew there was something about you guys. Of course you guys had a, had a anonymous bag around there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and I would say, uh, one of the things that really stood out to me with what you were just saying is that, um, just show up and listen, right? Like mm -hmm. those of us who struggle with addiction, we know we can talk someone's ear off about <laughs> our problems all day long, right? right? But sometimes we just need to sit down, shut up and listen that's because right. God has something for us that we need to hear um, that's going to apply. And so, you know, sometimes when I have had sponsees that are just feel like they keep hitting a wall, right? Um, I'll encourage them to Go to a meeting and just listen. Just listen for what God has for you there, because I guarantee that if you are willing to receive, that he's going to deliver something for you. So true. Yeah. I currently have a guy in my, um, in my open shares at RCR that he shows up every week. He never shares, but I know <laughs> one day he's going to because he keeps coming back. Yep, you know, right. And I'm just waiting for that day, and he's going to, like, unload and it's going to be a glorious thing to watch yeah. that guy finally come out of his shell. But yeah. he shows up every week, and I have a lot of I have a lot of hope for him. That's so cool. Yeah, I remember my sponsor, my first sponsor, telling me, you know, and it, always my sponsors end up being very rigid because, like, obviously that's what I need. And they're like, just mm -hmm. shut up and listen for the first ninety days because you don't know anything. You know, that's the <laughs> kind of that's that's the kind of love that you're gonna get at an AA meeting. You know, right. that's kind of bar none. Us really need that. Some yeah, this really guy right that. here. <laughs> so, I wanted to ask you guys to also. We're in step four right now, taking a searching and fearless moral inventory, and this is where everybody goes ooh and ah, you know, and. Uh, I was just wondering, you know, if you guys had any insight, what your experience was on it, if you had some advice, I mean, first and foremost, it's like, just do it, right? I mean, it's, it, it, we can dance around it as much as we want and talk about it, but at the end of the day, I feel like step four is one of those ones, you, it's just, I mean, I, there's not much I could say, right? You just got to do it, you know, but what would you guys, you guys share any insight or maybe some, uh, some experience you guys had with it? Uh, yeah, so I would say as you're walking through the steps, Keep a notebook, and the first time you start hearing about step four, start jotting down things that God brings to your mind mm. so that when you sit down to actually, like, put it all in your inventory, that you're you're able to recall those things that God's put on your heart that need to be included on your inventory, that you won't forget those, right? So we want to be as in-depth as possible and bring up things that may seem kind of dumb to us at the time or whatever. But if God's laid it on your heart, like I have guilt and shame about that, or there was that one thing that that person did that just kind of irks me. And yet I keep thinking about it over the mm -hmm. years, jot those things down and include them. And then um, 
for me, I'll tell you, writing my inventory was not the worst thing for me because self-deprecation was really like a forte of mine. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, that's a great, so, yeah. Yeah. So unloading all that stuff was not the hardest part for me. I'll tell you what was the hardest part for me was accepting the grace that came after that. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and going, you did all this stuff and look at, here's the proof, right? Here's my inventory. This is the proof of all the bad things that I did. Um, and yet God, God's grace covers every inch of that. Yeah. And that was shown to me through my sponsor for sure. My accountability partner and through the process of, um, amends and forgiveness, that process was shown to me. So that, um, I, I don't hear that too often. So I like to share that because I know if we're going through it, someone else has gone through it. So, um, I just, um, I really kept hold of the promise that, um, that God gives us that we, if we confess our sins and pray for one another, we'll, we will be healed. Right. Like I held on to that and, and banked on that. So I was trying to get every yucky thing out on that inventory. Um, and, and God delivered slowly, but surely, right. My heart was saturated. So. That's so good. I love that. Uh, So one thing that, you know, that you hear when you're getting your, training uh, during a step study for doing your inventory is you need to make it balanced. So you need to balance it out with good things. Um, And that's hard coming up with the good things. And I think that people, (laughs) me included, but having sponsored enough people and led enough step studies to see people struggle with that part, I tell them not to make the comparison of So you have all these huge things and now you're trying to equal those huge things with these huge good things. Mm. And you need to start out smaller, think think smaller. You know what I mean? For men, you know what I mean? Are you, are you a good guy? I mean, do you hold the door open for women? You know, I mean, that's a commendable thing. So that's a good thing, but think about smaller things like that, not trying to trump the, you know, the big, bad, horrible, stuff right. that's making your inventory that you know brought you where you are right now i mean you gotta you gotta do do littler things in that and eventually you'll start to go oh yeah well there was this thing and there was this thing and you know you kind of come up with a, a list of things that then you know, I, I did do some good things in the middle of all that crap that i did um so i think that's an important thing is definitely having that balance in that and when I very first came in to recovery, especially in AA, I would hear people get up and talk about, oh, the dreaded fourth step, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they mm-hmm. instill this fear in you yeah. about it. So when I went into my first fourth step, I was petrified, you know, <laughs> what is this thing that I'm going to have to do? And now I've done four and yeah. it's, you know, I invite it because I know what comes out of it. It's teaching me about myself it's making me dig into things that I've buried. You know, I was out for mm-hmm. 35 years doing lots of crazy things and living a, a very dysfunctional life. And there's a lot of stuff in there, you know, and you're not going to be able to cover all that stuff in one. Right. Inventory. 
And that's why we keep going back and like peeling the onion, as they say, you know, get another layer out and go, yeah, look at that. While you're looking at that piece, something else is going to click. And like Aubrey was saying, jot that stuff down. They're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, what if I'm driving? Well, you know what? Pull over. And you got yeah, a yeah. note app in your phone. It's not like you need pen or paper. I mean, just you have ways in this day and age to jot things down. Absolutely. And if you're old drug-addled brain like mine <laughs> um, tends to forget a lot of things, I have to write things down. So that's very beneficial for me to write something down and then go back and look at it and go, oh, yeah, okay. You know, so that's, yeah, doing the good and, and writing things down um, is pretty important in that process. And you will find healing. You're going to figure out what makes you tick. Yeah. That's what I really love about the the step four in writing it out is you see those those habitual patterns, those things yeah. that are coming up. And that's where I found, you know, that's honestly where I see even like this last time going through my uh, my um, steps. This I just went we went through them in January and and uh, it was working through my step four again with the new mind it's like i i think we got sober right around the same time you know may of uh, 15 so i've been just over six and a half years almost now and uh working through like my my uh step four this time i have a new mind i mean i have a new mind then two years ago when i did my steps in the two years before that you know it, every year it's like the big book says more will be revealed to me and I remember a thing had come up in my steps this time. And, you know, it was a little daunting. You know, you say like, it's so, it's so like, everybody makes it seem so scary. And I'm definitely a victim or I'm a perpetrator in that. <laughs> but, but I think, I think the big part of what it is for me is that it's work. And like, as drug addicts and alcoholics, it's like, I want to do everything the shortest way. Every, you know, that's why it's so dreadful. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, um, but I remember feeling really like just really bad about this thing coming up six years later inside of my, my recovery and thinking, how have I let this go so long without dealing with this? And I mean, not making amends. I mean, like that was the big thing for me is like this thing came up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been sober for six years. I know this person. I've been talking about this person, but that are talking to this person and I haven't made amends to them for this thing. And it was a big thing. And I just remember feeling so like this weight, you know, I'm feeling really stressed out about it because I'm like, how could I let this happen? And I remember talking to my sponsor about it and he's just telling me like, dude, there, for whatever reason, I don't know why that is, but for whatever reason, you weren't in a place that you were able to understand that yet, or you weren't in a place where you were able to have that conversation with that person yet, you know? And I think that that's the, the thing that just like, man, continuing to find out these things and new areas that I struggle with, probably not even new, but things that are being revealed to me that I can continue in this process. And it really is a beautiful thing. I don't think I get, you know, to, to your point, I don't think I... I'm so like welcoming to taking the step four yet, but I am welcoming to the work that happens. I'm confident of what the, what the Lord is going to do in me through the obedience. Um, but I'm still not excited about to do, doing the work. Well, <laughs> Old habits a, die hard. What an honest picture of God's mercy for us, right? That if he literally revealed everything, the first mm -hmm. time we sat down to do an inventory, we would be crushed. Oh, totally. And so he's so gracious to us that 
as we respond in obedience to move through the steps and our recovery again and again and do our inventories more than once, right? Yeah. He graciously reveals things to us and, and grows us in that. And I love that about God, that he doesn't want to crush me with my own <laughs> sin, that he allows me to grow and become equipped to deal with it, become equipped to make those amends, to yeah. have that timing right for that person to be able to maybe receive that. Um, and I love that it's a relationship with God yeah. in that. Totally. Man, Man I, I could totally. The process. That's right. And I could continue to talk about this with you guys all day. You guys, I'm just so grateful for what God's been doing in your life and just super grateful for your knowledge and your insight on these things. And hopefully we can do it again soon, but we do uh, need to wrap it up here. So I would just love really quickly um, what you guys would share with a, a newcomer. I, I really loved everything you guys had to share with a newcomer. Um, we don't have a, enough time to share all of it, but I would love it just really quickly for that. And then also my favorite... Um, Hopefully somebody is listening right now because they had somebody say, hey, you know, you've got to really hear this and this really resonated with me. I think you would enjoy it. And they said, no way, absolutely not. And then they asked them five more times and finally they're listening to it right now. That's what I would really, what would you share to those people who are like, no way, I'm never going to go to CR um, and maybe don't even feel like it's, it's necessarily for them. So, you know, there's a, there's a, kind of a preconceived notion that I had as well going in is that, oh, recovery automatically means drugs and alcohol. Yeah. So first and foremost, I think it's important for people to understand that at Celebrate Recovery, we do everything. I mean, it's everything. Everything that ails people from anxiety, depression, different addictions, um, sexual integrity things. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And and it's not just for drugs and alcohol. Um, The number one thing, keep coming back. You walk through that door, that's huge. That's a huge thing. If you can get out of your car, get out of the parking lot, walk through Mm -hmm. the doors and go in and sit down, you're already there, you know? And sit around and people might be weird. It's weird. We're weird. weird. Yeah, I guess. We're weird, but you know what? (laughs) After a while, that weirdness is gonna start rubbing off on you. And if you give it a chance, keep coming back and keep doing the deal and keep learning and keep listening, eventually it's going to start to stick and you're going to start to find some healing. So, I mean, that's, that's my number one thing is don't quit until the miracle happens. Keep coming back. Uh, and I would say, um, nothing you have done is, is too much for God. Mm. And we have been waiting for you to show up. So So good. good. Guys, thank you so much uh, for taking the time and having a conversation with me. And God bless you guys. God bless your family and the ministry that you're involved in and all that good stuff. And uh, I can't seriously wait till we can have another conversation. But you guys, uh, be well and, and God bless you. Thank you. Likewise. God bless you too. Thank you for listening to the CR Checkup Podcast. This podcast is meant to start conversations, not end them. So we encourage you to continue having conversations wherever you're at. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please share it with someone else. 
You can also reach us by emailing recovery at palmvalley.org.